Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. I'm delighted with my main man, El Cuco, who is in the background doing his magic, making sure that everything is gay okay, as uh, I'm still controlling the helm here, and, and I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but <laughs> it's what it is. Anyway, folks, thank you for joining us. RogueNews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app. No dehumanity. We are everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. Every single platform available. We are wherever you want us to be. And with that being said, El Cuco, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Doing great, man. Doing great. It's uh, been a very interesting news cycle, very interesting to observe the major shift. It's, it's, it's actually pretty darn exciting. Oh, yeah, man. Like, what have you seen that that, that you're seeing this shift and stuff like that and, and, and things starting to change and um, the mediocrity of, of, of the establishment, both the media and the political establishment being exposed on a daily basis? It's it, what, what, what do you want to what do you want to hit on, man? Well, it, it's, you know, looking at things, you know, geopolitically, I think what yeah. we're seeing is that that uh, continuation be of a major shift a lack of confidence in in the west and it's and it's very telling what's happening you know in ukraine from the narrative that tried to be formed with uh with uk and with the united states kind of leading the helm in in regards to the escalation the fake escalation with ukraine so that's that that's number one and then obviously you look globally as well as as far as the the massive rejection of the of the mandates you're really seeing humanity uh, really wake up and kind of shifting the narrative where at the end of the day, what we have is just a very much lack of confidence at all at any type of, of government and then also the media. And so now they're having to backpedal. I don't think that they quite anticipated uh, the whole COVID uh, pushback that was going to take place. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if they figured that into their narrative, uh, but now we're seeing just a major shift that's occur- occurring and I don't, I don't think that they're going to get, get ever get that back, that confidence from, from, from people. And it's not yeah. just here domestically in the U.S. It's, it's globally. V. No, it really is. It, it, I mean, Trudeau <clears throat> yesterday he inst- he installed the emergency uh, uh, act that uh, gives the federal government unprecedented, broad-reaching powers for the first time in Canadian history. And rather than having all the people in the government rally around this fearless prime minister as he fights off a January 6th-like, quote-unquote, insurrection. What is happening is that he's not getting the rallying politically around him. And what has occurred is that the knives are out for Trudeau. Trudeau's done. He is completely finished. And there are rogue elements within the Canadian government, within uh, the Canadian police forces, the Royal Canadian Mountain Police and all that other, the Mounties and whatnot. And we have some uh, information uh, recently right now that organizers of the Freedom Convoy in the Canadian capital say that they have notified police after being told that a, that quote unquote, nefarious elements, which will most likely be Canadian governmental or federal glowworms of the Canadian Variety. What's that? Or a boot day? 
are planning to plant some bombs, eh? They're going to do some bomb planting, maybe plant some weapons of the Ottawa COVID-19 mandate demonstrations as a pretext to forcibly remove peaceful protesters, because this is what these idiots do, right? This is what they do. They 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 like, and we've seen this going back to the to the 80s and the 90s when we've seen the WTO protests happening throughout Western cities to all throughout the world back then with the Black Bloc. And the Black Bloc has been regurgitated into its modern-day Antifa ilk, as well as these uh, federal components that are in a Western... Um, hemisphere version of Operation Gladio. So many people have already reported on this and they are aware of this. They know that they are going to be framed because narrative is everything for these psychopaths, Siege. And it seems that the narrative is starting to collapse, that they don't have any power. Like, right there, uh, Belage guy, Quebec is bucking. Absolutely. Quebec has completely bucked Trudeau's efforts to do this. And this is Trudeau basically so on the edge of losing his job. He's, he's done, Siege. He's done. This is a, an absolute, you know, uh, shot across the bow that Trudeau is completely finished. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the, uh, the central planners, oligarchs, whatever you want to call them, quite plan for this type of a, of a, of a protest. And it's really unique because number one, it's, it's truly a grassroots movement of, of be hardworking people coming together. You know, this isn't, you know, uh, you know, going back to the Occupy Wall Street where, you know, it was, it was mixed pri- primarily, you know, young people getting together, you know, to, to buck the system. But here you have, you know, primarily hardworking truck drivers who inspired a lot of people to say, you know what, they're, they're right. Let's, let's get together. And then when you look at the massive amount of, of things that are occurring, it's 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 hard to call it protest because they're they're basically celebrating their freedoms. They have bounce houses, they're cooking out, they have a people that are bringing in food, all this support that's amassing around them, and they can't fight back against that as much as they're trying to. With Trudeau coming out basically stating that he was going to do an executive order that's basically the equivalent of martial law here in the United States. Sure. And you have a group of of the. Uh, the, the ministers or governor, whatever you call them there in Canada, who are saying, why, what, what for? I mean, what, what against about people having barbecues and people having jump houses and listening to music and, and dancing? Is that, is that really uh, required at this time period? And so there, there's a massive rebuke against Trudeau. Um, I think that you're, you're seeing that also here, you know, in, in the United States, it's quite, it's quite different. You know, we've had, we've had some movements here, but it's been a very unique, thing that's happened there in Canada and probably long overdue. And I'm glad that it is because now we're starting to see a massive shift that's occurring. It could be definitely be tied to the elections. I'm sure that everyone's paying attention to the elections to see that basically there's already a prediction of a massive, you know, landslide, which I I, I concur that's going to happen. But even even here in, in our states, you know, our schools, for example, on Tuesday, we, we were notified that our school systems are moving to optional uh, mask in schools. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, that's a good sign to see that, that that's happening, that that's occurring. Um, and the question is, V, is that as they shift this narrative and they truly understand that they have lost, they've lost control, they've, they've, they've lost the ability to really influence and, and, and to, to build that and try to get the trust back from the public, you know, what's left for them? What, what's the next narrative that they're going to try to paint out as, as we move forward 
uh, through this really thing. And you always do a great job of this of really tying it back to the economics of things. Yeah. You know, uh, here's, here's what's funny, man. We, we've heard reports in Canada where just like how it was in, in the summer of 2020 in several Democrat-controlled strongholds, pallets of bricks just popping up out of nowhere, right? Out of nowhere. Overnight, there's a, you know, you go around a back alley, there's a, there's a pallet of bricks waiting for you. The same thing is happening. And the multiple witnesses have said the same thing that, 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 that is occurring in Ottawa, right? Now, here's what's something funny. February the 14th, see, just last night, they, you know, organizers had received information from very credible sources that weapons may be planted. Now, here's the funny thing. This correlates to the night before on February 13th. And what happened on February 13th? Over 2,000 firearms were stolen in the city of Peterborough on the morning of February the 13th. Wow. Peterborough police service officers had said that they're investigating the incident regarding the stolen firearms, which were taken from a trucking yard in the city in the early hours of the morning. The truck and trailer were carrying more than 2,000 firearms with magazines, but no ammunition was taken, the official said. Who could have pulled that crap off? Who would have intimate knowledge? See, if you go to a truck and trailer yard, right, there's several several trucks that are parked in the truck and trailer yard. Several. It could be you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. Which one would you know just so happens to be carrying 2,000 firearms? And in Canada, their gun laws are such that if a truck is carrying 2,000 firearms, that is something that is registered and known to local authorities, especially governmental authorities, because they, they have their own version of, of interprovincial transport of said, uh, uh, you know, regulated items like firearms, drugs, whatever, right? These things are regulated. So when you're transporting them in a truck, you are, you, 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 it's a known thing. You don't want these things to, you know, fall into the wrong hands, so to speak, especially in a country where you have as much gun control in Canada. So this is clearly an inside job. I mean, what are the odds, Did you just go on a truck and trailer drive? There's like 100 trucks and trailers over there just parked. It was completely coincidental. Like coincidental. <laughs> Roll the dice. They just happened to steal the one that had 2,000 firearms in it. Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. And so the police, the, auto, uh, the police have received, multiple, uh, have received information from multiple sources the firearms may be planted in Ottawa, specifically around the Freedom Convoy, to discredit the protest and to use it as a pretext to forcibly remove peaceful protesters. Sources have notified that these weapons may be planted by nefarious elements at this point, and as soon as we receive this information, we notify the appropriate authorities with whom we are collaborating. That is the right thing they did. By them going public with this before it even happened, and the reason why, folks that they knew this before it happened is because there were good people. Counterintelligence. Think about it, Siege. Let's put our thinking caps here, right? Let's, let's extrapolate on this and unpack this a little bit. You and I just proved right now that there's no way in hell on God's green earth that they just happened to, that people would happen to walk into a trailer park, right, into, into a tractor-trailer parking area and happen to steal... 2,000 firearms and pick the right trailer that happened to be carrying it. There's no way in hell. 
You want to also establish that you cannot simply transport firearms around Canada, just like you can't do it in the United States. That goes for firearms, alcohol, weed, tobacco, uh, 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 you know, uh, um, controlled narcotics, things of that sort. Same thing in Canada. You just can't willy-nilly transport firearms and weapons. It just doesn't happen that way. So we knew it's a federal inside job that 2,000 firearms are taken. But we also know that it happens to be a federal inside job, maybe by, quote-unquote, for lack of a better definition, the White Hats or whatever counter-prevailing forces working against these assholes, right, that gave the leaders and organizers of the Freedom Convoy the tip-off that, hey, you know what, this is what happened. There are 2,000 firearms stolen. It's heading in your direction. And they also went ahead and notified the proper authorities. By notifying the proper authorities, they have prevented a false flag from occurring. They have saved the protests and the protesters from a false flag that would have occurred that would have badly damaged the narrative that these idiots were hoping for. This is how sick Trudeau and his government is. This is how psychopathic Western governments all across the Western world have become. They don't care who they hurt. They don't care who they kill. They don't care who they impoverish. They don't care whose livelihoods they have to desecrate, how many broken families they have to malign. They don't care. And I thank God that there are still good people in Western governments all throughout the Western world that are fighting this bullshit. It's incredible. Yeah, it is It, it is truly incredible. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what you know, what transpires from this and the direction that they, they go. Um, very, very interesting timing be here on the, on the, on the state side uh, with, with the release of the, the Durham report as we hit peak, um, peak potential for escalation in Ukraine, the massive protest that's occurring in, in Canada and then the, the 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 release of the the Durham report, and I'm I'm really trying to fully understand um, the the timing of it. And I, like I said, and, and many times we have to question the narratives and the timing that these things are 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 released. I'm not sure if you've had an opportunity to be to, to delve into that uh, that that, no. that Durham uh, report and what's no, been I haven't released. Yeah, they they said something that uh, um, I mean, hardly mentioned it yesterday's broadcast. It, you, you have the Hillary Clinton's fingerprints all over the individual that snuck into Trump Tower and hacked the servers in Trump Tower to decimate the uh, to disseminate the line that uh, that, that Trump was in collusion with uh, all, um, with Alpha Bank in in Russia. Yes, and uh, the 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 idiot who's currently in the the Brandon administration, uh, James whatever the name is, James whatever. I keep forgetting this guy's name. His last I do name. too. Yeah, yeah. He's the special counsel or not special, special counsel. Ca- the advisor, he's the, the advisor, foreign policy yeah. advisor. Yes, yeah. yep. That uh, soy boy was uh, intimately involved in the entire process. This is huge, man. This is huge. And look, I don't count that any of this is coincidence, man. You know, it takes money to do this, and I'm just looking at the at the financial aspect of this thing. And this is like some great points that Velas brought up on the, his um, his uh, show right before we were taken uh, off of YouTube. He he mentioned. About a lot of the the you know the pedophile rings being taken down and like people going after Andrew and all this other stuff that's coming out, 
this takes money and resources to do this. Okay, and, and for the timing on this, right? A, a, a timing on this is 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 something to behold. It really is. It is. It is, and um, you know, like when I when I first heard this and I took a look at it, the the first thing that 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 came to my mind was that it took Durham nearly what is it? Probably three years. I can't remember whenever he was first appointed a special counsel. I'm sure it's probably in here in this, this article somewhere, but basically it took him three or four years to figure out what we all knew. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you know, so, so like much what Bellis was saying, were they sitting on this information for, for a timely, oh, uh, yeah. relief, a, a, a timely oh, yeah. percentage and maybe perhaps, uh, you know, framing this up. And, you know, I'm, I'm very much a skeptic of all this stuff because it, it comes out, but one, you know, one potential aspect of it very well could be to is to completely discredit uh, this individual who sits on Biden's uh, foreign policy advisor, who is the one out there stating that Russia is, you know, less than two days away. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, the ignorance about saying, yeah, they're going to attack on Wednesday, February the 16th. We, <laughs> we, we're, we're so smart. We know the exact date like they would realistically put that out if they mm. truly they truly knew that. So, so it makes you it makes you wonder, you know, is this is this is on on purpose to really try to attempt to discredit, you know, as far as the foreign policy and, and try to um, sway and try to get away from the the brink of of war and escalation, you know, with Ukraine. So that's one angle that that I kind of I kind of looked at. Another angle that I kind of framed up was that we are at peak resistance against government where mm -hmm. resistance against the, the media and the, and the <clears throat> trust factor. And you, you, you know, V, when you, when you look upon Twitter, when you look upon a lot of the social media feeds, you know, we're going back to that status of, well, we told you that the storm is upon us. This is going to lead to, you know, numerous other indictments. This is going to, so, so is it, is it psychological warfare on the American people to once again build some type of a trust factor back into government, back into the DOJ, the agencies that are supposed to be watching out for the American people that truly don't, when they know that for the most part, all government entities have, have, have had a lack of, lack of trust through COVID, right. is, it, is it to kind of swing the American people back into that trust factor where they say, so finally, this, is, this has happened and, and we're on our way to indictments, we're on our way to this thing. So, so the timing of it really stinks, you know, all, all together of it. Now, obviously, you know, if, if Hillary was to be indicted and everything, I'd be the first just to, to, to celebrate it. Don't get me wrong. But I really look at it at the timing of it in regards to her. I'm not sure if you knew or not, but apparently she is leading. She's the chief spokesperson of a DNC event that's coming up. I can't remember. I think it's I think it's in Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah. I don't think it's a state. <laughs> we have your DNC event overseas. So yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't think it's a stateside event. I could be wrong. Yeah. The fact checkers out there can can check me. But this is also at the peak, a period where people are really trying to uh, put Hillary back into the spotlight in terms of of a potential election run that she has aspirations of, to getting back into it. So is this a preemptive strike to 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 try to derail that? So there's many different angles that you can go with this. I would I would love to see. Uh, the Department of Just, De, Justice issue in federal indictments against against Hillary, against the attorneys that that are there. Uh, but until that happens, I'll I'll just continue that this is just 
more psychological warfare on the American people that's taking place. And more than likely, this information that they've had, they've sat on it a long time, like what Vela states. And oh, yeah. then at some point, they use that information to to influence change and use it for some type of a political agenda. Correct. So do you remember like uh, back in 2020 when the Hunter Biden laptop first emerged? You remember that conversation that you and I had where we where we talked about, hey, this is going to be they're going to take this laptop and they're going to shelve it. Because we're all wondering why the hell did Rudy Giuliani just go ahead and drive all the way to uh, to Delaware and hand it over to the Delaware State Police? The dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? We knew <laughs> yeah. that it was going to be political theater 2.0. And one of the things I said is they're, they're going to shelve this thing. They're going to bring it back out. And you and I talked about how they're going to bring it back out and how the Republicans are going to use this to go after Biden. Right. And now we're seeing the thing Now, all of a sudden, like, you know, several weeks ago, the, the Hunter Biden rap, uh, laptop becomes an, a, a topic of discussion all of a sudden. Yep. And all of a sudden, the uh, the Biden administration's endeavor to to, you know, uh, to um, dispense crack pipes for racial equality has a counter law that's being uh, drafted right now in Congress called the Hunter's Hunter's Law, which is to go uh, against federal funding for crack pipes. <laughs> It's political theater, right? This is what people need to understand. Uh, the, the, the Republicans are not as psychopathically tyrannical as the Democrats, correct? But you still have to understand these are mediocre-minded idiots, and a great deal bunch of them need to be removed. At least with the, with, with the Republicans, we have a chance to completely purge them out the rhinos right completely get rid of all of them because the problem is this guys like mitch mcconnell and mitt romney and all the establishment republican idiots they just want to keep the political drama going to them this is a sport taking care of the country and managing the country and helping to run the country is not something that they look at with a great you know uh, uh, as, as some sort of a great task or some sort of a great responsibility they look at running the country as a sport so this is political fodder. They get high off this stuff. Go ahead and spend some time talking privately to some of these politicians. Listen to what they say in private. To them, this is like this is like the WWF man or the WWE, right? Like mm-hmm. on stage, they're all you know putting each other to, through tables and choke slamming this person and doing a drop kick on that guy and doing a clothesline on this individual and and jumping off the top rope and and and, and you know whatever, right? But as soon as the show is over, they're both the both of them are in the bars. They're you know they're both throwing back drinks and, and, and having a beer and, and knocking down a burger. Because to them it's it's political sport. So the rules of the political sport is play by the sport, play within the rules, and even though we might smear you, destroy your reputation, this, that, and the other, we'll make sure you'll never go to jail. Why? Because the same lobbyists, the same contributors to your political coffers happen to also be the same contributors to our political coffers. So we never want to bite the hand that feels us. Yeah, bingo. And, you know, not not to go all the way back, but, you know, everyone here can acknowledge, especially our listeners dating back to 2016, you know, leading up to that election that 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 mo- for the most part, all of us here at Rogue were full full MAGA. You know, Trump was saying so many so many right things and 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 you know questioning all the 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 narratives in regards to the the endless wars uh the fake the rigged economy you know so many things going into that election and one of the things that whenever he left office that i kept looking for was was a sign i kept looking for a sign to state that 
Okay, you know, he, he lost, it's, it's changed, and, you know, it could have been rigged, possibly was, all that kind of stuff. But I kept looking for a sign to tell me that he, that, you know, maybe, maybe my efforts, uh, maybe my words back then were not completely in vain, that there was something there, just a glimmer of hope to say that, that you know, and, and I'm not taking anything away from him. I, I think Trump is, 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 is a, a, a person that truly believes in, in, Supporting the troops, I, I truly believe that the the love for people, his his thoughts on vaccines may a little bit be a little bit wrong, but I, I don't hate him for that. But one of the things that I was probably most upset, V, and I've said this on air, was that you know he had a very unique opportunity. When you think about the massive amount of, of people who supported him, who still do to this date, he had a very unique opportunity to really disrupt the status quo here in America. And that status quo V could have been potentially to form and and have a third party to really go after the the duology, duology we have here yep. in the United States regarding the left right paradigm, and and he didn't do that. He he yep. doubled down and and said, no, I'm not forming a third party. I'm going to stick with the Republicans. When if you look at it at the end of the day, it was probably for the most part of a lot of a lot of the Republicans who truly stabbed him in the back, V, who really who really never supported him through the Russia Gate who really ne never supported him, you know, through their efforts in regards to legislation, whether it was, it was uh, Tom, uh, not Tom Ryan, I would say his name, right? Is it Tom Ryan? Tom that Cotton? Was, uh, that was Speaker of the House at the time. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Paul, Ryan, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. I would say Tom Ryan thinking of, yeah. of Tom Clancy, of Jack Ryan. Of the... yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so so him and then and then Mitch McConnell, which to my date, I have no understanding of why anyone would even look at him as any type of leader. So but but when he doubled down and he wanted to stay with the, the status quo of the political class, um, it, it was very disheartening. And, and I think that that's and I'll say it again, I'll say it continuously as we go into this next election cycle, because we know there's going to be a massive landslide. We we know that the House and the Senate are going to be Republican controlled, which is important. But I think what's more important is who leads those conversations in regards to what that change looks like. And I think from a from a, a perspective of heading into you know election cycle, I think that we are heading into a another potentially mass psychosis event of stating that, hey, look, you know, you know, humanities win and they could leverage that as a chance to say, let's get faith and trust back in the government by, you know, electing um, a, a, a conservative base. And there's th there's certain things that can amount to that. But, you know, it's not fair, really. Uh, it's not really fair to blame Biden um, for, for all the where we currently are. Um, you know, he's only been office in less than, than a year. Um, you know, Trump, before he left office, had no trouble signing off on the massive spending bill i think you know every president it's funny kind of when you see that every president increases debt you know all the way and, and i want to you know say if someone would fact check me but i think trump's uh deficit debt deficit spending is was probably on record the the, the greatest but they all do it v they they all have no problems when it comes to you know bailing out and, and supporting special interests so outside the political class of what we're looking at here you know in the united states i'd really love to see humanity, uh, the people continue that 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 uh, think big but vote small. Um, and what I mean by that is, is you know, continue the focus on your election, your local elections, the continued effort to make an impact here at state side of looking for those individuals, and then also being mindful on the national level, especially as we look at people that go representing us on Congress and Senate, that they've planned this for years. They they've infiltrated our complete election cycle. That they have their Manchurian candidates established and, and ready to go in every election cycle and, and trying to 
you know, truly understand of who those potential people are. I firmly believe that Booty Juice is is one of those. Uh, looking at his background and and you know what his edu education is and you know what they did from him, I think that they've marked those special people who they have, you know, ready to go and to infiltrate the federal government that really serve the greater agenda of the deep state and the uh, the military industrial complex. You know the um, the thing um, that people have to remember, right? Because the we should not settle for oh look, COVID restrictions are over, you can get your freedoms back, and and then salivate over the fact that we get the freedoms back, freedoms that was never theirs to take. If we don't go for the jugular, if we as Americans look past political, because there's no, not a single person and not a group of several hundred or thousands could fix what is happening in Washington, D.C. The way you destroy Washington, D.C. is kind of like what C.J. said. Think big, vote small, right? The more you are able to shore up your state, the more you're able to decentralize your state through local elections, the more you're able to cut off the power and influence of D.C. Decentralization is a wonderful way in order to kill the cancer, to cut off the blood supply from this tumor that is known as Washington, D.C. Decentralization is the way to do it. Now, we will head in that direction. And what I mean by that is this. I don't, if you've been following me for quite some time, you, you, it, it should come as no surprise to any of you that economically speaking, this country is in a great deal of trouble. A lot of the things that I talked about in November siege, and you can you you can you, you can check me on this one, Siege. Yeah, Moderna yesterday, right? Bingo. That farm I told everybody back in November, you know what? The data is starting to show verbatim uh, that this could be over by spring of 2022, and there's going to be a major pharmaceutical sell-off. I specifically told you, the only one in the world. And here's the data. Here's the data points, and boom! Now we've seen Pfizer coming out with their internal memo saying, hey, there could be things that could be coming out in terms of data and information that's going to affect stock prices, this, that, and that. So we know this whole COVID thing is, is done. It's over with. But we should never, ever be content with just going back to life as usual, going yeah. back to 2019. No, we go for the jugular. Every single globalist, be they Democrat or Republican, needs to be taken out to the outhouse and put out of their misery, politically speaking. Yeah. That's what needs to be done. Yeah. And and be also be be mindful of this. And this is something I've been spending, you know, quite a bit of time, you know, thinking about and and assessing. And and I and I could be wrong here, but I think a lot of the the conversations that we're going to see as we navigate through this uh, very tumultuous time where there's a lot of conflict, there's a lot of you know, uh, attempts to control the power, control the, the, the economics, the finance of things, that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to come on and have either either platforms or or speak about about the truth or potential, you know, either whistleblowers. And I think that that narrative that they're going to try to convey and why they're out there as the authoritative person on this and blowing the whistle and, and countering, you know, the government is is probably financially tied. And, 
and what I mean by that, I know that sounds confusing, but but what I mean by that is that we're going to see a lot of people with their own self-interest where the system is converting. Like, for example, uh, cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. you know, how how much of a challenge V do we see between the the Bitcoin camp and the non-Bitcoin camp? Right. Like it's 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 pretty it's pretty cut at the throat. Right. In terms of what that looks like. The same thing with with the, the metals people versus the, the cryptocurrencies. Well, imagine what that looks like from a disinformation is not the correct word, but just an attempt to really convey the public. And why I started leading on this is that I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I'm not saying that at all, but just just give me a little bit of of leanway on this. But if you look at Dr. Malone as as one sample, I'm I'm glad he's out there. I'm glad he's saying everything he is about the jab, everything he is about waking people up and everything. But I think at the root cause of it, when you when you look at it, was that there was a massive shift of funding that kind of left his camp that kind of, you know, maybe maybe it was either the military industrial complex. Maybe it was it was DARPA or somebody who who shifted their funds and where their funds were going. Hey, we're going to we're, we're not going to fund your project. We're going to go this way instead. Thank you for all your work. But here's what we're doing. And all of a sudden they come out and they're like, hey, let me warn you about everything that this camp is doing. I, I, I kind of caught that a little bit also on on the, the person Joe Rogan just had in regards to environmental and talking and blowing the whistle on the green agenda. Mm-hmm. Now, this individual had all the acclimates, all the accreditations. Uh, he was former uh, a uh, not necessarily uh, I'm trying to remember. Was it Exxon or one of the big oil companies? Right. He was he was a big oil company and he was going out and talking about and discrediting a lot of the research about about climate change and what's really taking place. And and stating, you know, why this information is wrong. Here's a list of all the academia, the skeptics who are going against that mainstream narrative, but you're not hearing about it. And um, and, and it was all true. It was, it was very much, hey, but at the same time, this is a gentleman who was losing quite a bit of, of funding because he understands that a lot of the monetary system is going to be funding solar, is going to be funding this. So therefore, it's up to him to try to counter that. Do you, do you see where I'm going with the V? I know it's a long-winded, long-winded statement, but I think people fit the conversation agenda that fits and aligns with their, their financial needs. Now there's good people out there. Don't get me wrong. There's people doing things, but I think we have to be mindful of that because again, it'd be the equivalent of, of Raytheon getting a, a massive military comp, uh, you know, deal on their next, you know, great of state of art fighter jet. And then their top competitor coming out and saying, Hey, let me go through all the technical details of, of why their their machine is so flawed and it's a piece of junk and all this kind of stuff. And people being like, well, yeah, you know, this and that. There's there's a lot of self-interest out there. And we just have to be mindful of that as we we listen to people, we accept information as we go, we go forward. And yeah, we can celebrate those people in our in our camp. We should be doing that, but to properly assess and navigate things, the information I think to me is is only going to get more difficult to decipher in terms of you know, what information is being there, what's what's propaganda and what's fitting an agenda for that person that's that's uh, conveying that information be. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You're saying, um, you know, it, it's because of loss of fun. Like, for instance, somebody's, um, you know, all the money's going into climate change and bullshit, you know, carbon credits and all that other stuff. And then anybody who's doing contrary research that doesn't get any funding. Well, no, no, yeah, well, notice this, like notice this, for example, because because unfortunately there's not a lot of money 
you know, to be made because it's so, I shouldn't say there's not money to be made. There is money to be made, uh, but it shifts a lot of agenda. You know, we keep hearing about, you know, this, this entire thing regarding the, the environment and everything, but how often do you hear conversations and now it fits me because I'm an advocate for it of what I'm saying, but how many people do you hear on national television or any of these, you know, clean energy and everything talking about, about the potential for, for like hemp and and all its sources and, and why, because hemp is fairly easy to grow. It, it could become very plentiful, but it falls back to the bottom line. Okay. Well, who makes that money? Who, who makes that money off of hemp wood and the biofuels and what, legacy industries it does it disrupt and does that take away from our financial and income stream you follow me yeah, yeah no i i agree with you there's, there's definitely always a competing monetary interest we always need to be mindful of that 100 percent. yeah i agree with that and then all you know at the same time it's like you know it's it's it, we also have to pick and choose our battles right true and, absolutely and, yeah and so like right now it's like anybody that's uh anti uh green agenda anti you know, vax mandates and stuff like that is, is, is individuals that we need to rally behind and use them, use their momentum, use them as leverage to get the state off of us, to get the yes. government off yes. of us. Yes. And then once we get that squared away with and we slay the beast that is known as big government, then we could, uh, you know, uh, then we could sort it all out afterwards. But yeah. we need to get we need to kill this tumor, man. Yeah. Yeah, can can an individual that's up there and talking about you know the, all these things that are wrong with government, and everything, can they really state what truly independent and individual liberty and freedom you know mean to them, or, or are they stating that because this person is in charge is why you don't have your freedom and liberty? And it's not necessarily about who's in charge or, or who's there. It does. Don't get me wrong, because of the mandates and everything, that's pretty obvious. But the core principles falls back to is basically the individual rights and the individual determination of self-rule. And what that looks like, and does that person know those principles, and do they live and and, and believe and breathe them? Um, to me, that's like the, you know the, the the golden rule to kind of follow. And we we've seen that from a you know from a massive perspective. If you look at some of the states that did the lockdowns and everything, especially here in Indiana, where we had a conservative base type you know leadership that imposed these uh, directed mandates. I, I guess I guess at the end of the day, V, I get kind of tired of having the same conversations you know year after year that. Hey, we need term limits. We need these. Things. We know those things, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like all these things that need to take place. But you know, uh, the election cycle happens, and and then nothing meaningful change. And 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 why I'm speaking to this now is because we're seeing so much positive momentum shift to the people in terms of the the, the, the power structure, and we need to continue that momentum. We can't we can't cycle that. We can't be that was here today, that was that was gone tomorrow. We need to channel channel that energy and continue lose, using it for, for bigger gains because we can win this battle. We are winning the battle. Uh, we just we just can't we just can't fall back into that trap and, and rest on our laurels. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Shifting gears, Siege, shifting gears real quick. The West has zero credibility. Zero. Zero. None whatsoever. And uh, it takes Tom Payne, you're right. Yeah, it only happens with organization. This is why we need organization. This is what I get to give my hats off to the left, man. They know how to organize. We're we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> we still can't even get our platforms correct. That's how pathetic it is. Dude, if a new left-wing social media platform were launching tomorrow, all the lefties will be on there like the next day. It'll be like in the, in the millions. We're so dispersed and uh, disjointed. It's it's kind of It's kind of hilarious. 
All right, so uh, we all heard the news this morning that the, the Russians are retreating, CJ. Did you hear about that? <laughs> I heard, V. They're, they're on the move. They're leaving. They're terrified. They knew that the seals and heels were coming. They knew that the men, that the combat, you know, camouflaged men with uh, high heel Christian Louboutin combat boots with high heels on them are coming. That the rainbow LGBTQ plus 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 hyphen hyphen army is on their way to meet them in the battlefield, and the Russians say no. They quickly got into their tanks and they got the hell out of Dodge. Joe Biden is a genius. What an amazing he! Look at that. America's military might pressured, and the power of NATO siege, the power of NATO to pressure the Russian army, which is nothing but a broke, dilapidated army belonging to a country that's masquerading as a gas station that has the economy the size of New York City, they ran for the hills because they realized how powerful we are. <laughs> and that's how the idiotic, stupid media is spinning it. Yep. The real reality is this. Russia has been doing an exercise with several hundred thousand troops within their own borders. And when they say, look, folks, the border between Russia and Ukraine is paper thin, Right. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to find, I'm going to tell you right now what the distance is from Moscow to Kiev, right? And this is going to put things in perspective. Distance from what am I doing? Okay, there we go. Distance from Moscow to Kiev to uh, say Ukraine, right? From Moscow to Ukraine. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Why they got to give it to me in kilometers? In miles, there. It's only 700 miles from Moscow to the Ukraine. Okay? So the Russians had an exercise 30 miles from the Ukrainian border, which is still farther away from the 15 miles that NATO had exercises from the Russian border. And the Russians did their exercises right after, okay, the NATO, right after NATO did their exercises. So Russia announced that it's pulling back troops following the completion of what? Exercises. Moscow's insisted that the predictions could, it could be just moments away from ordering a full-blown invasion have been proven false. Think about it. They're conducting, and here's the funny thing about when large military powers conduct military exercises. They let the surrounding neighborhoods know. In other words, Ukraine knew about it, right? You, the, um, not only did Ukraine know about it, Romania knew about it, Belarus, knew, Belarus knew, knew about it, and Poland knew about it, okay? And then the surrounding countries that are there also knew about it. So everybody knew this, and most importantly, they let NATO know about it, right? Yep. So this whole thing about, uh, uh, you know, uh, about, um, oh, my God, they're about to invade. Th this, is the, this is what's comical about it. Everybody knew they're running exercises. Everybody knew the nature of the exercises. Everybody knew that they will be doing these exercises from uh, from when they started up until the 15th of, of, of February. That was already set in stone. This is why the, the Brandon administration, led by geniuses over there, 
We're saying that the Russians are going to attack February 16th. Where did they get that date from? Because they knew when the Russian exercise was going to be over on the 15th. So these idiots put the 16th as the invasion date. That's <laughs> how freaking dumb they are. Okay? And so the idiot public and the moronic press, they just eat it up, Siege. They eat it up all the time. And they're literally thinking of, 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 um, of, a, of a massive invasion. In a fiery statement on Tuesday, Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Mariah Zarkova poured scorn on the weeks of reports and claims from the U.S. and European officials that Moscow's armed forces could be hours away from launching a strike. The 15th of November 2022 will go down in history as the day that the Western war propaganda failed. According to her, the, world, the West has been shamed and destroyed without firing a single shot. This is what's funny. You see, when you get out of the world of the Western nonsense and propaganda media, and you get out of the world of idiots, and you get out of the world of normies that 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 populate it, you know, in, in, in our in, in our in our in our cities and towns and whatnot, and you get into the realm of the geostrategic, geopolitical, and geoeconomic, everybody in the world knew that the Russians were running a military exercise for, I think it was like two or three weeks, and it was going to end on the 15th of February. Everybody in the goddamn world knew about it. They knew it. It was not a surprise. The Russians have amassed troops. Yes, they're having an exercise. They are, they're, they're amassing troops over there. They're going to strike. Uh, our intelligence say they're going to have, they're going to strike on, on the 16th. The day after the military exercises are over. And that's the idiot's name, Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan told CNN over the weekend that sources. Uh, yeah, exactly, Bill Ajga. Exceptional stand. We not so smart. Correct. That's why I take the word U.S. intelligence as an oxymoron. It's stupid. You have some of the most dumbest idiots who are in you. These are, look, let me explain something to you guys. You get this in your head, you lose all confidence for your governments all throughout the Western world. These people are not diplomats or status. These are not learned, educated people in the, in the things of geography, topography, the geostrategic, the geoeconomic. They're not experts in sciences and engineering and mathematics. No, they're not. They're scum-sucking, butt-licking lawyers. These are ambulance chasers, and they are trained in the realm of public relations. That's all they're good for, public relations and how to form and operate graft. That is it. That's it. So yeah. Sullivan is saying, sources, CJ. Must be Brian Stelter must have been, must have been one of his uh, reliable sources that he got. So this major military action could be in any day. He said that this is including the week before the end of the Olympic Games. Tensions on the shared border have escalated in recent months with Western officials raising the alarm that Moscow's troops could soon stage an invasion. The Kremlin had repeatedly insisted it has no aggressive intentions and accused the English language outlets of whipping up mass hysteria. So the Russians said, hey, man, there's no, we're not invading anybody. Even the Ukrainians are like, yo, you need to calm your rhetoric down. Even Zelensky, the Jewish comedian who's leading an army of neo-Nazis, has already told President Brandon that, hey, Brandon, you know, why don't you come over here to Kiev? You'll see that it's uh, not as hot as you think it is. It's quite calm here. And this is where we're at, man. It, the, it, dude, who, who, if anybody believes American politicians, uh, I, well, well, 
I was listening. I can't I think it was on RT. I can't remember who exactly mm. was talking about it, but I think they were really on point. And I think what the the United States, in, in regards to the the alphabet agencies, the State Department, were attempting to do, and this makes a lot of sense, was to to create a win win situation for 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 them. And so how that played out was that by them you know, escalating things and saying, hey, there's going to be, you know, this is what Russia is doing. It's going to take place in this state leading into it. Then in the event that something happened, they can say, yep, see, we told you we were right. This is, yeah. this is what happened. There was escalation. Boom, it happened. The other win situation for them is when they say, ah, look, we were very effective because of, because of our intelligence, because of, of NATO's continued pressure on Russia, we were able to thwart and actually stop an escalation and Russia had to pull back because this is how effective NATO is. So pathetic. Yeah, yeah exactly. you know, it, it, it was genius. I can't remember who who said it. I borrowed that, so don't don't. You know, it was genius that they they made that comment because I think that that fits the narrative. So now becomes the spin, and we're gonna see that here on on French on in the BBC, all the U.S. media is that look how effective this administration was. They were through the through the power and the force of. And the threat of NATO, they were able to to stop Russia in its tracks, and they're mm. that that's going to be the spin. Of course, but in reality, the world knows that there was mass rejection against this agenda. Now, if I was, you know, if I was Zelensky, I would be really worried. I'd be really worried because I think in the coming years, you very well could see a, a another coup. Um, I don't I don't think that they would assassinate him, but I think you could see something happen to Zelensky because I think he fought back the against against the uh, the powers of be in terms of what. Oh yeah, yeah. Zelensky definitely has a target on his back because he's because I I think the 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 comedian uh, realized that this is not a joke or a laughing matter that 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 the that. In fact, the, the Brandon administration and the U.S. administration is just that psychotic that we could be heading into a situation where this could actually turn out to be a shooting war. Siege? Yes. No. I sorry, sorry. I was. I had. I had the mute button on. Yeah. So. So they're gonna. They're gonna spin this as a as a win that they were so desperate for. Oh yeah. That, you know this. This look at this. This this victory. Biden. The Biden administration was so effective and. You know, you know, effective leadership by the intelligence agencies, and you know, we we so that'll be the spin that's going to happen. Oh yeah. Uh, the tall tale sign will be the 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 finance package that they're putting together, you know, for the Ukraine. <laughs> and I believe that uh, last estimates were stating that they were looking for uh, one billion dollars in 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 guaranteed sure. uh, loans. Um, you know, that come from uh, the IMF, from the World Bank. You know, whoever is you know is guaranteeing those loans, but. You know, maybe at the end of the day, maybe that's that was that was what it was all about. Maybe it was creating enough hysteria to warrant uh, a massive uh, loan package and spending bill for 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 Ukraine to continue the looting uh, that's taking place there. But but either way, um, you see a massive shift uh, that that that's occurring. It was really really difficult for for the media and the State Department to push this narrative uh, because we had so many leaders, we had so many people coming forth and saying, "Show us the evidence, show us." You know, show show us what what what's really happening, and even going back to those those press briefings that that there at the beginning, I was led to believe that there were really people who were pushing back and 
they were doing that, that very well could be could have been structured as as, as well. It sounds like I have my tinfoil hat on today. Uh, but V, I think it, I think at the end of the day, you're gonna you're gonna see as we as we move forward through this economic tsunami, tsunami that's that's happening. Yep. What's gonna be the reason for the next massive bailout? What's gonna be the reason for the next massive spending uh, bill that's going to need to take place? And I think earlier that um, you know uh, I can't remember who alluded to it on our tech stream, but I think it very well could be this massive uh, environmental concern that's around the corner. Oh yeah, it, 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 look, it's going to be the the fire economy, okay? The finance, insurance, real estate, which is the speculative economy. The speculative economy is completely anathema to the physical economy and production-based economy. You cannot build manufacturing and have a production-based economy or a physical economy if, without killing and bringing to oblivion, the speculative economy. The speculative economy only has one way to go. It cannot build a manufacturing base. It is death. If it builds or tries to finance a manufacturing resurgence, it will be death to the speculative economy. So what they're going to do is they have to build in more speculation, which is the Green New Deal, which is climate change, which is carbon credits, which is all the other bullshit that they're, they're going to try and pull off. Will they be successful at it? Hell no, because you're dealing with unsophisticated very low intellect, poorly educated morons. That's who you have running the show. So what is going to happen? They're going to run this economy to the ground. We're, I think after this spring 2022 sell-off, which I feel is coming, and all the data showing that, and I'm starting to look like a prophet in front of all of y'all. I think after that, there's going to be unprecedented money printing. The stimulus will keep going. The Fed is going to be playing the interest rate game. What do I mean? Well, the Fed just had another closed-door meeting, right? No media allowed. They're going to hike rates. They're going to go up 25 basis points, 50 basis points, and they're going to bring it back down to 25, go back to 75, bring it back down to 25, go back to – and then eventually the eventual stated goal, what they're really discussing, folks, behind the scenes right now, is not the raising of interest rates or the lowering of interest rates. That's not the conversation. You're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys a little inside baseball. That I've, I've sat there, I've crunched the numbers, the data, I've talked to a few people up, up, up the food chain, right? In, in my, in my, uh, uh, Rolodex. And one of the things that we, we agreed on, my group, my guys, my network, that we got together, we crunched our brains, and we, and one of the things we came about. Uh, uh, you know, the conclusions we came to and one of the things I drawed upon and I was like, look, I think this is what's going to happen and I think a lot of the corroborated data is going to go this way. The question is not about what they're doing right now is is they're not really discussing raising of interest rates and lowering of interest rates. That's the short term. That's the short term fix just to keep things kind of stable. After the spring 2022 sell-off, we're going to enter a lost decade barring any unforeseen events. And you could put an, uh, an asterisk there, maybe a couple of asterisks, knock on wood, whatnot, right? Barring any unforeseen events, we're looking at entering a lost decade of stagnant growth, not real any sort of economic activity, kind of like what Japan went through in the 90s, similar to Japan, but possibly even worse. There's going to be a slow economic decay. Dow's going to enter Dow 40,000. 
S&P is going to pull back now, but it's going to bounce back. But watch this. The real conversation the Feds have, and I'm going to give it to you guys straight. This is straight from the horse's mouth. This is straight from the back door, the, board, the, the, the boardrooms. This is what a lot of the high-powered individuals that I speak with are talking about. And this is what we're thinking about. The conversation about interest rates, the conversation is about when they will introduce negative interest rates. Folks, we are transitioning from ZERP, zero interest rate policy, and we are going into NERP, negative interest rate policy. And you heard that here first. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, negative interest rates and then uh, looking uh, really under a microscope of, of any and all type of uh, of uh, evading type uh, services or people that have used any type of these payment processors and what they're now uh, required to report. I'm not sure how the, the IRS is going to filter um, all that information. I know uh, oh, they're backlogged by 24 million uh, 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 tax filings. They're still backlogged by 24 million. Yeah, I know um, one of the services I use here lately just switched um, and they required a new validation uh, of, of the account owner holder and everything. And, um, you know, part of their due diligence and, and long story short, it got to the point where they were uh, asking to scan my 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 photo ID, the, the my driver's license, the front and, and the back of it. Um, so, the, so the, yeah, so it's, you know, it, it's happening. The, 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 the crackdown is happening. They're going to look at every attempt that they can to, uh, find a way, um, to, 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 to get you. So if you have any type of, of income stream that has been, um, you know, not reported or, or operating in a gray different type of area, just, just be mindful of that. When you look at the Bloomberg Barclays aggregated index for bonds, there are, let me tell you how many of them are right now trading negative, trading below zero, okay? And these are not minute, you know, third world countries, okay? Percentage of negative yielding debt currently by country. France has 12.6 bonds percentage, 12.6% of their bonds are right now trading negative. Wow. Germany has 16.2% of their bonds right now are trading, are trading negative. The average for the entire Eurozone is 23.7. Japan has 32.6% of their bonds trading negative. Okay? And when you look at it by security type, the majority of the 72% of those negatively trading bonds, 72.5%, are all treasuries. They're all sovereign-related it's crazy. It's crazy. That is. And so far, the U.S. has avoided issuing any sort of negative yielding bonds. Even though, man, certain treasury bills have traded below zero. This is going to be ridiculous. And this is where we're heading with corporate bonds, with sovereign bonds, all of this. Why? Because you have a negative drag on it. It's a wealth transfer. Why would you want to put money in a bank if you're losing 1% per month on top yeah. of all the other fees? Or yeah. 2% or 3 It's ridiculous, Siege. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's great. Well, do you think, B, that's why they haven't pulled the negative plug is just what it would do, do to the bond yields in terms of the 15-year and all that Correct. kind of good stuff? 
Correct, yeah. because right now, because we we because right now, uh, I think there's about north of thirty or fifty trillion uh, in bonds that are floating around right now that are trading at or ne- at near or at or near negative, right? At or near negative, right? A massive amount, and this is not you know counting the the bond the, the 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 you know the stash treasury that we don't know of. Now this is a big problem because the Fed's balance sheet gets bigger and bigger. And we know that one of the biggest influencers from uh, one of the biggest influences on what's happening with the bond yield is also connected to the derivative market known as the IR swap market, especially the IDA nine interest rate swap market. Okay, the IR if they don't go negative, they're going to set off a daisy chain that will absolutely implode the entire system. It hurts them. It hurts. It's going to hurt us. But they're going to wind up losing everything if they don't go negative. They have to go negative. And right now, this conversation is, uh, is all right, we're going to go up uh, 25 basis points. We'll pull, you know, maybe 50 and then bring it back down 25. But at what point do we go negative? That's the talk right now. And they're going to sell it as the greatest way to, serve, to, um, to spur the economy and to create growth. That's how they're going to sell it. Stanley Fisher, dude, back in 2015, I talked about it. In 2015, Siege. You know, uh, you and I were on the air, and we mentioned, uh, I was talking about Stanley Fisher. The last thing he said before he retired as the real head of the Fed, this is when Bernanke was, you know, running the show, but it was really Stanley Fisher. Stanley Fisher is the head of the Fed. And Fisher, before he retired, said this, look, our main goal right now is to make sure equity prices are high. That's the major, the only purpose of the Federal Reserve is not about America's purchasing power. It's not about the financial security of the United States of America or the strength of the dollar. The number one concern of the Federal Reserve in the United States is to make sure that its member banks' equity positions are taken care of. And he said, it's not a matter of if, it's when. And negative interest rates will be the way to shore up equity prices into the future. It's the only way to feed the machine. The only way, Siege. So we're heading there, bro. Batten down the hatches. The lost decade's coming. Yep. Print the t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, my brother. What do you, anything you want to say? That's it. That's it. Uh, Eric's on later on today, right? Yep. Matthew Eric on at 2 p.m. You keep it locked here. Rogue News in exile, the most hardcore place for news and information. And we are guilty, as per YouTube, for spreading misinformation and dangerous lies, Siege. Dangerous lies yeah, and misinformation. Dangerous. Very dangerous. Uh, also, folks, um, um, March 28th uh, is when uh, YouTube gets us out of the penalty box. March 28th. So we've been banned since January something and <laughs> coming back in March. Dear Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. Keep it locked, folks. With that being said, we can see you back at 2 p.m. We're over and out.